Hello and welcome to Cane and Rinse Sound of Play 102. Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. 
Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 102, is my uh, co-host from another podcast that we just started. This is Ryan Quintel. H, I have got a great idea this week. You're really <laughs> going to love it. <laughs> I, I hope you have three of them this week because we've got all kinds of video game music to get through. Okay, great. As we mentioned, um, you know, we just recently started a podcast together. Uh, this isn't going to be just one big commercial <laughs> for our show, we it's promise. True. We just thought to briefly mention it at the top of the show is that we're working on a show now called Playwright Q, as I call you on that show. Yes. Um, what would be like a quick, like 30 second way to pitch the show to an uninitiated listener? Well, I've been telling people it's kind of an audio game jam, but I think our official line is a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. Hmm. Basically, each week, as as listeners of that show now know, we pitch a couple video game ideas and the community has been writing in with some really great ones. And now mm. we include each one of those on the show. We have just four episodes out at this point, but between all of those, that is 11 <laughs> brand new game <laughs> ideas altogether there. So um, yeah, please do go ahead and catch up on that. It's called Playwright, spelled P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E. And you can find the website at playwrightcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at playwrightcast, or you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're just playwright on there. And uh, it's a good time. It comes out every Tuesday, and we just uh, have, a, have a wonderful time just sharing these imaginative, goofy, weird uh, game ideas with each other, and then try to really kind of find the heart in each of them try to find the workable game within. But anyways, that is not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> We've got some more pressing matters on the mind. Absolutely. And uh, what we heard coming into the show is a recent favorite of mine. This is a, uh, a really fun track from Final Fantasy 13 2. Don't ask me, I've never played the game, but I've, uh, I've come to appreciate its soundtrack recently. Uh, this one is called Full Speed Ahead. Is composed by Naoshi Mizuda, and uh, I I can't really tell you <laughs> anything about where it falls in the game, or even really the name of any of the characters in the game. Like I just like the music. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's enough in this case. But this one has such like a powerful driving energy. It's like such like a kick-ass rock song that you know it's just it's and it has such a diversity of instruments and sounds and timbers that uh just kind of immediately drew me in and kind of held me by the throat until it was done yeah it's one of those tracks where if the kick butt guitar solo doesn't get you the clean production will or the jazz mm, yeah, piano yeah. will you know something in there yeah and so i, I hope you all appreciated that coming in I, i'm sure that if you <laughs> have any more questions about that game uh why don't you direct them to leah she's probably pretty good at this kind of thing <laughs> but anyways good. good music i'll know good music when i hear it <laughs> uh, but uh anyways let's uh let's go on to a uh, cue i hope you're a little bit more informed about your uh next game of choice something else coming out of japan here well, it would not be uh, one of my appearances on Sound of Play without a little nostalgia to drip in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time it is I Am Impact by a bunch of people who I can't say their names, but I'll try. Shigeru Araki, Yasuke Kato, Seiko Meek, and Yasumasa Kitagawa. And I hope I'm getting those even close, but it's from it's from Mystical Ninja starring Gomon on Nintendo 64, which was kind of a 
post Mario 64 3D platformer where I felt like these things had figured stuff out and they really started humming. And it's such an unusual game because if you're from America, like I am, it's filled with all these weird themes and references that as you play it, you're just like, this is a trip, man. There's a robot <laughs> and a green haired ninja and there's a giant pool table and you hide in a cupboard from a baby thing at some point. <laughs> so it's, it's a great game. And this song kind of happens as you uh, enter your Megazord like robot to fend off bosses, which happens at a few key moments throughout the story. Impact. Is that the name of the robot? Or it is. is. Okay. He is. He actually looks quite like a character from arms is kind of arms or giant oh, springs. Cool. Um, and <laughs> well, we'll the circle around that later. I'd, uh, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it's true. <laughs> I was uh, surprised when listening to this to hear some uh, singing in the track as well. I know that the N64 was famous for not having a, a dedicated sound chip at a point in time when that was kind of expected of video game consoles. And uh, so these more kind of like high quality samples were, uh, probably a little little rarer, you know, it wasn't completely out of the ordinary to hear voices in games. We got stuff like, uh, what was it, Blasto and, and Gex and all of these games that had some level of voice acting in them. But uh, And uh, of course, James Bond and uh, Perfect Dark had a fair share of that as well. But, mm. um, you know, this level of like musicality is not what I tend to think of when I think of N64 music. It's true. Anyways, let's go ahead and give that a listen. This is I Am Impact from Mystical Ninja, starring Gomon.
からぬ限り俺の体は超合金今立ち上がれよ大地の経験熱い血潮よって覚ませ必殺必殺爆発パワーだ鼻から拒ん Alright, we're coming back with a request from the forum. This comes from Reprobate Gamer who says, I think this is possibly the only time I can think that a soundtrack got me interested for a game rather than finding a great soundtrack within a game. First heard it with the debut trailer, and I was interested enough in this example of Dark Cabaret to search out the game. Ultimately, I didn't get very far with the game. Platform puzzlers aren't really my cup of tea, but the dark, macabre, and ever so quirky atmosphere within the game is brilliantly summed up in this soundtrack. Yes, this is Chronoberry by David Stanton from The Misadventures of PB Winterbottom, which is a game that I own, and it,、uh, it stares at me from my Steam library. Uh, with that、uh, delightful name it has there. And,、uh, you know, unlike the Reparate Gamer, I am one who very much appreciates my <laughs> puzzle platformers. And so、um, this is something that, you know, I've always been kind of meaning to get to, have not yet. But it seems like a, like a charming little adventure. It's one of those kind of black and white、uh, indie platformers, kind of like、uh, The Bridge. If you remember that one, it's kind of a. MC Escher inspired little platform puzzler made here in Seattle. <laughs> What you said rings true to me that I feel like a giant chunk of the games in my Steam library are made for looking at and never playing because <laughs> I'm not going to get to them. But like,、um, like the forum writer who, who wrote in about this one, Chrono, this Chronoberry song is super good and made me want to play this game. Uh, it's like the composer is doing his best, like Danny Elfman impersonation.、Mm, yeah, yeah. With this really cool, like aggressive percussion that it just is, makes the whole thing very appealing to me. You know, speaking of Steam library mishaps, this thing gets me every single time、oh, and、no. it drives me crazy. But I have in、uh, you know, the alphabetical order that Steam sorts things in Portal, Portal 2. Postal 3. And every single time I have a heart attack, like, <laughs> did they stealth release Portal 3 and put it in the night? Okay, no. It's just that, that terrible game. <laughs> well, it certainly doesn't help that that is the most Valve like thing to do, is just drop <laughs> yeah, that、exactly. into everybody's queue. <laughs> I mean, not making a third of anything, but、uh, other no, than that. No, they're that allergic to that. The way that they would release it. <laughs> but, anyways, that is off topic. We are、uh, here to listen to Chronoberry. From the adventures of PB Winterbottom.
back with a track from Tearaway. This is a lovely soundtrack that I listen to at every opportunity that I can. Uh, we just had uh, Kenny Young on the podcast not too long ago, and he uh, rejoined us again for our 100th Sound of Play as our <laughs> celebrity contributor to our great kind of like medley of voices in that um, in that particularly long and interesting podcast. Uh, just go back and listen to 100 if you haven't yet. It's uh, It's a bit of a trip. But anyways, um, Kenny Young did not compose this particular track. Instead, it was his partner in crime on that soundtrack, Brian Delivier, I believe. <laughs> I think so. I apologize. Uh, this song is called Gibbet Hill Pilgrimage. And it's such like a lovely, it has kind of like the kind of timber of like a like Celtic music of like that Northern Island wind instruments and um, heavy percussion and, and just these really kind of like danceable rhythms uh, with the very kind of naturalistic nature twinge to it as well. You're right. And then kind of like the first track, it starts to layer in some more interesting synth stuff that it really keeps it driving. Yeah, that's right. The whole Tearaway soundtrack is this really weird mix of kind of acoustic instruments. I don't know if that's the right term to describe sure. every instrument. I, I, I yeah, attached to guitars. I guess analog instruments, analog, right? Sure. <laughs> and more kind of digital stuff as well. It, it strike a really interesting balance there. So um, I guess let's let's just let the the track do its talking for itself. This is Gibbet Hill Pilgrimage from Tearaway.
like those media molecule soundtracks, whether they're composing them themselves or whether they're just uh, curating from a, a selection of uh, licensed tracks, they always come away with something really memorable. And I'm hoping that we'll all be jamming out to the Dreams soundtrack sometime soon. Me too. And hint, guys, I, <laughs> I really want to play that game. I saw Dreams being demoed at uh, GDC a couple of years ago. And immediately after coming home, or maybe even like on my phone while I was still on the show floor, I ordered a couple of those uh, Move controllers because I was just so enthusiastic about playing dreams and uh <laughs> every uh every e3 every sony experience in which dreams doesn't make another appearance i kind of uh kind of look over at those move controllers and the charging base yes. <laughs> and think oh boy <laughs> well come over my house i've got the vr and we can have fun that way yeah yeah get some uh tilt brush action in <laughs> you've got a little bit more than me though because i'm in the still in the phase with dreams where i want to know kind of what it is mm. uh period i i don't think i've seen gameplay outside of their stage presentations at all it has a really nice look to it it has like a it, it is kind of like the google tilt brush um that kind of painting in three-dimensional space like you would expect from a lot of uh, vr painting titles which have uh, admittedly become a lot more common in the time since Dreams was originally shown. But I like Dreams from what I saw for its kind of like physicality. Uh, like the You aren't so much painting with colors. I'm sure you can. As you, you are painting with like materials. You, know, yes. you are kind of painting with leaves and with rocks and with wood and all of these things that kind of have more of a three-dimensional presence to them. And uh, it, it kind of helps you, I guess, kind of cheat your way into painting something a little bit more Bob Rossi than you probably could off the, you know, off the back of your own talent if you aren't an experienced painter already. Uh, maybe that is selling dreams entirely short. Really all that I have to go on is video from like seven years ago and my own kind of just watching somebody play it at GDC. But uh, it looks really... <laughs> looks really cool. Yes. I really want to give it a go. <laughs> yes, Media Molecule, we're sending love and good vibes. Do whatever you need to do to get that out the door. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, speaking of big PlayStation 4 titles, uh, <laughs> and this one managed to ship. Uh, the composer on it kind of surprised me. Is that the composer that was uh, kind of guiding the rest of the series, or uh, did they swap out for, for this new name? I mean, you're seeing Henry Jackman here in the composer role for Uncharted 4, and I think he's doing the new Uncharted game too, but he did not actually do the soundtrack for Uncharted 1, 2, and 3. Hmm. Uh, rather, that was a different composer. I, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I think it may have been Greg Edmondson. Uncharted always had this very particular theme nate's theme it's the mm -hmm. heroic theme of the whole series everybody it's on the start menu of all these games so you you know come to know it very well and what i love so much about what uncharted 4 did from kind of the beginning with this theme is set a different expectation as to what sort of story was going to be told what the tone of the entire game was and that mixed in a cocktail of knowing that this could be Nate's last adventure really mm -hmm. had me emotional listening mm -hmm. to this kind of short track. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it does incorporate the Nate's theme 
into it, uh, which is uh, kind of a minority appearance on this particular soundtrack. I think they tried to kind of re, uh, not rebrand, but wanted to kind of set this game's own identity apart from the previous three, which is kind of cool because if the series had a weakness up to this point, it was probably just that, you know, three copied two almost to a T. It it was a very, very similar game. It followed all the same. If you were to plot out the arcs of both games on like a graph paper, it would match up probably just about one to one. Uh, But, uh, you know, and so they wanted to do something different with this game uh, to kind of shake things up, to keep it fresh. Uh, And so they tried to kind of distance themselves, I think, from the, the sound of the previous three uh, which is which is cool. It's commendable. They wanted to do something new, but also it kind of makes it stick out in a way. You know, kind of like how when like a great trilogy of movies gets a fourth movie later on, and then you buy that one on DVD, and it doesn't fit into the box set, and the case is a different color yes, than the previous yeah. three, and it's just <laughs> you know it just feels like it doesn't like it doesn't fit. It's not like a clean addition, a clean follow up to the the previous three you know, like Indiana Jones or something like that. Uh, You know, in this case, I think Uncharted 4 is the strongest in the series, but it it does kind of stand out in a way. If if we were looking back on the series, you know, 20 or 30 years later, uh, it would feel like kind of like it's been appended on afterwards rather than a natural progression of the series. I agree with you, yes. And I agree also that Uncharted 4 to me is, is also the strongest in the series. One of the things I'm going to invite listeners to do is towards the end of this track, the way it ends almost reminds me that the game is saying, hey, those first three Uncharted games, they're this quiet echo in the past. Mm. And we're living in the new, you know, naughty dog way of telling stories. That's right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to that one then. This is A Thief's End from Uncharted for A Thief's End. Next is another request from the forum. This comes from Donk. <laughs> let's, uh, let's pocket that name for now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Donk says, The game music I started listening to outside of gaming was music from games I had played a lot, 
and where the music was permanently seared into my brain. I can't put my finger on why I enjoy video game music over other types of music, so I've been making an effort of listening to game music from games, developers, platforms, and generations I've never played or even heard of. Online video game music radio is good for that, but not too long ago, Japanese developer Falcom put up their whole library on Spotify. I added it to my giant shuffling playlist and always seemed to enjoy them when they came up. I recommend queuing up some of their music, mostly because it's great, but also to show support. Here's a favorite of mine from a game I've never seen or played. East 6, The Ark of Naphistim. Yes. (laughs) Naphistim, I'm going to guess. (laughs) That's, That's what I would guess. The song is called Overwater Drive. Yes, this one is uh, simply credited to the Falcom sound team, JDK. Don't know what that stands for there at the end, but this is a uh, presumably the sixth entry, entry in the East series. Uh, this is a series that I only became familiar with upon kind of seeing it on Steam. And so I always kind of assumed, because you know it's pixel art, it's RPG on Steam, I kind of assumed it was uh, like an indie series or something. Yeah, and, sort of something from RPG Maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to, not to put it down, because it's a lovely looking series, of course, but it does kind of have that look to it where it, it could fit in with modern indies really well. But I was surprised to learn how far back this series goes and how popular it was, especially in Japan. And I, I guess it's still going on even Um, But it's one of those kind of early action RPGs, um, kind of moving away from the turn-based battle system. And the games have always seemed really lovely and and really accessible from what I understand. I could be wrong about that. Uh, But it's been one that I've been really kind of dying to jump into. But adult lives and uh, JRPGs don't always mix. Uh, The responsibilities don't give me a ton of time to, to play a JRPG. I might have to sacrifice 20 or 30 other great games that I would enjoy. I was going to say, these JRPGs have a tendency of saying, hey, can I borrow 200 hours (laughs) of your life? Yeah, yeah. I've always been tempted by the East series, and uh, this music uh, goes some way further (laughs) to convince me that maybe it is worth a shot. Let's go ahead and listen to Overwater Drive by the Falcom sound team, JDK. Just darn kidding. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe IDK, exactly. (laughs) That's right. Just don't know.
Ryan, I have a bit of a confession to make. While we've been recording <laughs> this track, I am uh, AFK grinding for coins in arms right now because no. you need a lot of coins to unlock the arms in uh, in that game. And so I've got a particular setup that I, I learned. <laughs> I'm earning coins as I go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. After the episode's over, you'll have to compare notes with me because I need to do this as well. Yeah. So uh, have you been playing a lot of ARMS recently? I haven't. I played it the first couple days I had it. And we've had discussions, I think, uh, either on episodes or off episodes about how going into this game, we were kind of mixed about our feelings on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it came out and the story I told on, on Pixels Weekly, uh, my other podcast, is that I decided to vote with my dollars and say, keep making stuff like this, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, from the global test punch is what it's officially called, mm-hmm. I fell in love with this game's main theme it's mm. it's modern and it's got a vocalist in it just like that impact song and uh it actually has spread to the offices at ign where we will sing it to each other upon occasion it's so hard to not sing along with that lead line that's done by the female vocalist and there's no <laughs> lyrics and so it's just like so that's inviting right. to yeah. just jump right in there's nothing to remember exactly just go for it <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's totally infectious and i hope people are still seeing it when it's done it's a lot of fun i really like how nintendo's it's really hard for me to put my finger on what they're doing differently now, but they're, they've been composing like theme songs, like, like songs that could play on the radio as theme songs for a lot of their games recently, starting with maybe Splatoon 1. I understand like it's kind of hard to point to what makes it special because like games have always had title themes and, and title songs. And, you know, there's a lot of like memorable pieces from uh, like the opening to Banjo-Kazooie or the, the first level stage from Super Mario Bros. But, you know, all of those, I guess they feel like video game music and maybe these songs, like the, the one from ARMS, the song that everyone's been singing from uh, Super Mario Odyssey and mm-hmm. uh, the stuff from uh, Splatoon. And, you know, just, just today, as of recording, they debuted another uh, theme song from Splatoon 2 featuring the new, I guess we can't call them Squid the Sisters hosts. anymore because one of them is not <laughs> a squid any longer. Yeah, we're not staying fresh anymore. We're staying something else. Yeah, we are off the hook now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been, and you know, I have a hard time describing why I count this as like a radio theme song and why I count the main theme from uh, Yoshi's Woolly World as video game music when they are like compositionally very similar. But do you know what I'm kind of getting at? Like there's I like do. a different feel to this whole like wave of music that Nintendo's been writing recently. Well, I can't help but wonder if this a little bit ties into during the Wii U era, they had some great titles like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Uh, We have Mario Kart now on the Switch, and those felt like they had figured out a way to take Nintendo music from its old instrumentation and modernize it into really new sounding, clean sounding instrumentation. And that Mario Kart 8 band is just totally off the hook (laughs) to use a term. But I I can't help but wonder if this is, uh, there's a really great link on YouTube and I'll, I'll, I'll 
share it with you. Maybe you can put it in the blog or something where someone made an eight bit version of the arms theme song. And it mm, sounds yeah, yeah. totally at home as a Nintendo theme. <laughs> so I, I just figured, I think they figured out how to weaponize their Mario Kart eight band into making more hit songs for them. I feel like there's something just kind of like universal about this song in a way that a lot of other video game music doesn't really reach. Like I love video game music. Obviously I co-host a podcast about it. That is now 102 issues deep, but I think a lot of it has to do with kind of like evoking imagery of uh, the adventures that you're having in these game worlds or trying to kind of like really draw out the, uh, experience of being somewhere else. And, you know, like so many like wonderful songs, like the main theme from Halo, but it's really only meaningful to those who play Halo. And I don't want to make it sound like this music can't cross over because I think they can, you know, experience it as just good music, but I don't think it'll ever have like the same, like, depth of meaning to somebody who hasn't experienced the game whereas something like the arms theme or the splatoon themes can be like just as listenable and toe tapping and like i i think you could almost like enjoy this song more having not played the game because it's just like such a fun infectious song and i know i'm i'm probably dancing around my point that I can't quite nail home, but it, <laughs> no, I'm just, with it feels different. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's some magic combination of yeah. <laughs> it's repeating and it captures the spirit and it's, it's a, it feels like a Nintendo designed game in the mm-hmm. form of a piece of music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's, uh, let's listen to this. Uh, this song is called Grand Prix. It is composed by Atsuko Asahi and Yasuaki Iwata, and this is from ARMS, the uh, brand new release on the Nintendo Switch.
right, I'm coming in with something decidedly darker. Uh, this is a piece, a, a remix, actually, a kind of a rearrangement. Although it's um, it's very true to the original composition. It's not one of those that's trying to really kind of like mix up the formula like you would get from a lot of like OC remix tracks or something. This one is kind of how I like to picture. The original song comes from the Super NES. And so this is kind of how I would hear the song if I was kind of ignoring the limitations of the SNES and taking this into the modern age in the most faithful way possible. Uh, this is Encounter in the Abyss. It is a remix of Lockjaw's Saga, composed originally by David Wise with the arrangement from uh, Vincent Rubinetti. And this is originally from Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, which was uh, frustratingly not included on the new Super NES <laughs> Classic, which <laughs> true. Uh, just I my mantra going into it was if they do make an NES Classic, they can put any game on there and I'd be happy as long as I have Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, but got we got so Star close. Fox they, 2 instead. That yeah. was the two they chose. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They gave us Donkey Kong Country 1, but ah, just so close. Donkey Kong Country 2, I think, is a better game in just about every measurable way. But anyways, I it'll be hacked within a week or two, and I'll be able to add that game in there. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't say that on air. <laughs> I really like contrasting this song with Aquatic Ambience from Donkey Kong Country 1, because I think it really says a lot about this game and what they were trying to do. Aquatic Ambiance was a very peaceful, soothing, atmospheric song for the underwater stages in DKC1. And originally they had composed a very similar song for their kind of like peaceful, serene underwater stages in Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, you know, I think that the serenity of those pieces um, really fits the slower pace of being underwater and swimming around, you know, naturally you're kind of moving slower because you have to navigate uh, that kind of extra dimension of space and there's the water resistance and all of that. And so it's, it's a, it's a little bit more relaxed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a slower experience. And, um, and so in, in Donkey Kong country one, they kind of played up that more kind of soothing and relaxed pace of those pieces. And originally they were going to follow that up with a very similar track in Donkey Kong Country 2, but they ended up reappropriating that track for the sticker brush stages, uh, which oh, wow. are more kind of uh, not frantic. They do move at a, not as a slower pace necessarily, but kind of at whatever pace you choose to set them at because, you know, you're kind of blasting between barrels and, um, and you can, you can choose when to blast off most of the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that stage has become very famous, mostly because it's soothing track, which might be the most famous song on the soundtrack, uh, contrasts so much with the desperation and the fear <laughs> that you experience going through that uh, particularly hazardous stage. <laughs> it fits really well, and it's really hard to picture that track being anywhere else because it's become so iconic on on those stages but what they replaced it with for the underwater at least some of the underwater stages in donkey kong country 2 is this really intense super kind of like cinematic and menacing and just like 
a, a song that is like gripped by the icy fingers of evil. Like it is yeah. intense. This could be an uncharted song for God's sake. Yeah. It's, it's very kind of melodically driven. It has that kind of like ghost pirate theme that uh, Donkey Kong country two plays up in, instead of reveling in the slower pace of the underwater stages, evoking a kind of peacefulness, they use the slower pace to make it feel like you can't run away from what it, whatever it is that's hiding in the shadows. And it's really, really unnerving. And those underwater yeah. stages change in, uh, in their play experience so much just because this one little detail has changed. Uh, so anyways, this is Encounter in the Abyss, originally Lockjaw's Saga. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it really gets your heart pounding. We will play you out with something a little bit more peaceful at the end. But, <laughs> but until then, here is some excellent, intense DKC2 music.
have one track left. It is a request from the forum, but uh, before we play ourselves out, remember you can venture over to our forum at canandrince.com slash forum. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at canandrince, and you can uh, find us on Facebook as well. And you can request tracks to be played on any of those locations. <laughs> we have a large backlog of tracks we have yet to play. Uh, we will eventually get to as many of them as we possibly can before we are uh, struck dead by our inevitable mortality <laughs> or until podcasts become unlistenable due to uh, new emerging technologies that render audio formats entirely obsolete whatever comes first oh, don't tell them about holocasts already <laughs> that's right i don't know if i'm pretty enough to uh, make it in the holocast <laughs> world that visual component i think is going to really trip me up there <laughs> uh, but anyways you can uh, you can request your own favorite songs and we will play those uh, as i was saying we have a large backlog but a lot of them come from uh, very familiar names, and so we always like to hear some uh, some new names in there as well. We might even prioritize names we don't recognize, just to kind of mix it up a bit. Please do subscribe to Sound of Play on iTunes and uh, leave us a review or rating. And hey, while you're there, why not check out Playwright? Why not? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We uh, It's kind of more of a uh, creative outlet, and if you ever have any... Uh, just wacky video game ideas or serious video game ideas. I should stress we, uh, we strive to be a podcast that, um, that produces uh, game ideas that are actually feasible instead of just, you know, making jokes the whole time. We want to, we want to find something that is, uh, theoretically playable. If you have an idea for a game that you would like to see made, uh, go ahead and pitch it to us and, uh, we will, discuss it, workshop it, and uh, kind of pick and it apart on the air it. and see where it goes. <laughs> Potentially, maybe make it better. Maybe That's right. make it a little bit uh, different from what you would expect it to be. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that is a weekly show on Tuesdays, Playwright, uh, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E. We hope to talk to you again there. <laughs> yes, we can't wait to hear what you have to pitch. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us again on Sound of Play. It is always a pleasure to have you on this show and others. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. We would also like to extend a thanks to our community contributors. We could not make this show without you. <laughs> Please keep the requests coming. Speaking of community contributors, we have probably our most prolific community contributor, Mr. Flabio from the forum. Great name. Yes, he always has uh, has a lot of good insight uh, into the tracks that he picks and a lot of uh, excellent history into the music and some uh, even some uh, kind of designer side insights as to you know what it takes to incorporate excellent video game music into games and so i can't wait to hear the types of deep analysis that he's bringing us this week mm. mr flabio says it's stuck in everyone's head already may as well put it on the show <laughs> and let my eyes just drift down to the rest of the pair oh no oh no Oh, Flabio's written a short, <laughs> short review this week. That is, that is How so unlike you, Flabio? him. <laughs> what else needs to be said? We've already kind of discussed Nintendo's uh, recent interest in making uh, kind of radio-friendly theme songs for the recent games. And uh, I think we were all pleasantly surprised by Jump Up Superstar, <laughs> composed by Mahito Yokota, uh, Build as Pauline and the New Donk Players. 
from Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> what was your initial reaction to that trailer? Well, like most people, I was dazzled. Like I said, I loved Mario 64. <laughs> and then I started to listen and I was like, wait a minute, are the lyrics talking about the game? <laughs> and then I started to look and I said, wait a second, is that the person that Donkey Kong was trying to steal? <laughs> so it's a lot of weird stuff uh, and exciting stuff we're going to see in Mario Odyssey. But I, you know, like with the arms thing, this is just pure joy put mm. on a score and injected right <laughs> into our ears. It's super jazzy. It's very kind of like big band swinging 20s type of music yes uh, i i really it, it's so infectious They're it's gonna so fly up in the air <laughs> <laughs> oh yes it's so fun to sing along with as well what a what a delightful energetic song to really get you in the mood to play some super mario odyssey and it's it's so weird because you know mario is a series that is kind of it's not entirely silent that series uh, but and it always feels weird when there are voice acted lines like the uh, openings of uh, super mario 64 and super mario sunshine have some voice acting and it's always like it's always stood out as being a little uncomfortable because you know mario is not a mute but he says at most maybe one or two words <laughs> at a time and so when you get like words like sentences in a mario game like it just yes. feels unusual in a way but for some reason this song seems to fit and maybe that's because super mario odyssey as far as like tone and theme casts such a wide net that you know you really don't even know what to label it as <laughs> like it, it's such a weird one so this is jump up superstar from super mario odyssey and we will see you next week
spin the wheel, take a chance, every journey starts